we're talking about time, and I thought I would start off by going through some common expressions you may use. You may say, ahead of time, for the time being, have the time of your life, make time, it's just a matter of time, pass the time, save the time, time flies, time is money, time will tell, waste of time. Like all these sayings, obviously, time is in common, but it's used as if it's a currency that is uh, precious to all of us. When a young man, when he's trying to cook food or something, when it's sitting on the stove, it may take an hour. But if, like, it may take a minute, but it feels like an hour. But then that guy is sitting next to some beautiful woman, and a minute, an hour, feels like a minute. What am I saying? Like a, yeah, that, that thing. So an hour seems like a minute. You get, you get what I'm saying, right? We want to do more things. Like, we want to do stuff where we have, we feel like we don't have enough time to do. We want less time dedicated to things like work or school. We want more time dedicated to hanging out with friends, watching Netflix, things we, we want to do, the hobbies we get to do. An article actually came out discussing Netflix, and in this article, these research teams are discussing Netflix's biggest competitors. And you may think it's Hulu or it's YouTube, but this article actually comes out, Netflix says that it's sleep. They say that if you're willing to sacrifice sleep, then they will get more money off you because you're sacrificing watching TV shows or whatever you guys want to watch. So they know that your time is valuable. And the Bible also shows us that time is valuable. And if we aren't good stewards of the time, we can easily waste it. We can spend it on things that aren't useful. So the passage we just read, Paul's very clear to the church that you need to make most of the time that's been given to you. If you go to Acts, you can read Paul's uh, three-year ministry in Ephesus and what did he do with his time there. And it says in Acts 19 that they reached all of Asia, that every person in Asia heard the gospel. Like, imagine if Brother Eddie came to a end-of-the-year review and was like, all right, church, Springfield's done. Let's just move on to the next town. Or the IMB came out and said, all right, Africa's reached. We don't need to send any more missionaries. Like, that's an incredible feat that if we heard that, we would be praising God, all the glory to him. Yet Paul did this for in Ephesus for three years, reached all of Asia. Like, that's Paul making the most of the time. And so Paul is someone who can tell the rest of us, hey, make the most of your time. And so we're in this series, Living on Mission, where most of us are either out of school or uh, I know we have high schoolers and middle schoolers in the room, like you, out of school, college students out of school, maybe you graduated, so now you're out of school, full-time people, nothing changes, right? full-time in the spring now you're full-time summer like nothing but we have more time to us to where our motivation is let's live on mission what can i do differently where am i wasting time where am i not making the most out of my time but i think we need to look at time itself what time is and provoke our thinking on what to do so first my first point is that time 
demands wisdom. Look at verse 14. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This verse comes from Isaiah, and it's kind of this baptismal hymn. And it's Paul reminding these believers, you were dead in your sin, and you were baptized in Christ's death, and now you are made new in his death. The readers may have needed to have been reminded about this, to be reminded that they were dead. In Ephesians 2, that you were dead in trespasses and sins, that you lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body. They were in rebellion against God, and now they're a new creation. That's the same truth that we need to be reminded of, that we were, all of us, were dead in our sin, and that we are made alive in Christ. For those of us that have trusted Christ and proclaimed him Lord over our life, that is the truth for us today. We need to be reminded of this because if we're going to make the most time, the most out of our time in our life, like we need to know what's the motivation here. Why should I make the most out of my time? Why should I not waste it? Why should I not go and spend it on things that aren't good? You're here tonight. You're sacrificing an hour or two hours of your time here at church. Like, why do that? Why get up early in the morning to pray and read your Bible if it's not for the motivation of the gospel that bridges the gap between us and God? So we who are God's children walk in the light and not in the darkness. And then we go on to verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Like, I'm sure your parents told you to be careful about certain things, whether it was to not run out into the road or to not uh, touch the burning stove. I actually burned my finger cooking yesterday, and I wasn't looking carefully where I was grabbing. Like, I don't know why I just told you that, but um, you get the point. Paul's telling them to look carefully how they walk. To walk, he says earlier in the previous verses, to not to walk in love, to have no foolish talk come out of your mouth. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Do not be partners with these kind of people. Walk as children of the light, and do not take part in works of darkness. All these commands, and then he says, look carefully how you walk. This word walk is also used when Jesus in the Gospels is describing the end of times, saying to look out because the end of days are coming. And that's the same here. The end of days are coming, and we need to make the most out of our time before that happens. Our time demands that we be wise about how we use it. So time demands wisdom, and secondly, time is a gift. Look at verse 16. Making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. The ESV says making the best use. New King James says redeeming, and I think that word carries a better word picture here, because it's the idea of purchasing. We probably have people in here that are on Facebook Marketplace, or they're on eBay, or you guys shop on Amazon. Maybe there's some people who refuse to do online shopping, so then they do it all on the store. I don't know what the case may be. I love Amazon. Like, I'll shop there a lot. Two-day shipping, like, it's great. But when we buy something, we want to make the most out of it. When we buy shoes, we want to use the most of the shoes while we can. If we're buying a 
game system, right? We want the most out of that game system before we have to spend another $600 for a new game system, right? We want the most out of it. And when Paul's saying to redeem the time or buy the time, he's saying get your the most out of it. Get the most out of this time you can. Whether you're a rich college kid or you're the guy in here who has $3 sitting in your bank account, right? You can't buy time. Like the guy beside you or the woman beside you, like they own the same amount of time that you do. Time is a gift. Brother Eddie on Sunday morning spoke about the resurrection, but talked a lot about death. And when studying for this and hearing that sermon, it served for me as a good reminder that I don't know how much time I have left. I'm not promised to walk out of here. I'm not promised tomorrow. I'm not promised next week. Like, who knows when that will happen? And so I need to be faithful, and you need to be faithful to use the time that you have. Like, we we don't know. Like, life is a vapor, and it's a gift. But let's discuss where we could be wasting time or make not making the most out of our time. I, studying for this, had several things come up where I'm thinking I'm not using my time best. And so when I say these things, I'm not calling any single person out in here. I'm not group calling people out. I'm just saying this is what I've seen in my life, and maybe you see this too, or maybe it's something else. But first, work. It can be easy at work to not use the time, whether that's taking breaks, whether that's doing stuff you shouldn't be doing. Like It's super easy at work to just not make the most of your time. And when you don't make the most out of your time, you're stealing your boss's money. Like he's paying you to do a job, and when you decide not to do that job, well, then there's a problem. There's sin. Work may not be enjoyable. Maybe you have a boss that's just just super hard-nosed and won't um, work with you, or he's just super mean, but we're still called to make the most out of his time, make the most out of your time. Secondly was small group. And over the last few weeks, choosing this passage to do this week, God's really worked on my heart in this area to notice that I don't think about the guys in my small group enough. I don't reach out to them like I should. I don't pray for them enough. And I I can justify it several different ways. I can blame it on busyness. I could blame it on me being the guy that decided to do summer school. I could blame it. I could even justify and be like, well, they don't reach out to me, so I'm not going to reach out to them, right? I don't, I don't serve my small group the way I should. And maybe you're sitting in your chair thinking, I, I don't either. I can do more. And whatever the case may be, I hope that tonight after this that you have a new motivation for your small group to make the most of the time to serve them, to pray for them, encourage them, Come up with activities, go putt putting, bowling, whatever you guys do. I don't, I don't know, but you get the point. Thirdly, spiritual disciplines. Now, I know there's some people in the room that nothing's changed from spring to summer, right? You're still in your 40-hour job, still working. And then there's some of you that 
you're out of school, so now there's more time. So you can do more fun stuff. You can go watch movies, Godzilla, Endgame, whatever movies you like to see. And we do all these fun activities at the expense of your Bible reading, prayer life, reaching out to your small group. And you do all these things thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll do that later. I'll do that tonight. Okay, I didn't do it tonight. I'll do it tomorrow. And then you just keep pushing it off. And it gets to a point where at the expense of your Bible reading and your prayer life, you don't do those things anymore. Michael E. Sebastian, who's just a heart surgeon. The name's not really important. But he said, for me, the solitude of early morning is the most precious time of day. There's a quiet serenity that appears that disappears a few hours later with the hustle and bustle of everything going on. Early morning hours symbolize for me a rebirth. The anxieties, frustrations, and woes of the preceding day seem to have been washed away during the night. God has granted another day of life, another chance to do something worthwhile for humanity. If we had that mindset every morning, like, Life could be different for us. We may not wake up so just distraught about how our spiritual growth is going or how our life's going or what we're discontent about, about what we're unthankful about. Like, if we took our time to say, okay, I need to go to bed an hour earlier so I can wake up an hour. I need to go to bed an hour earlier so I can wake up an hour earlier doing what I need to do so I can glorify God throughout the day that I can have a right mindset in the morning so at 12 o'clock I'm not committing that same habitual sin or doing that same thing I've been struggling with for the last week or month. Are we using our time wisely so that we can read and pray every day? Or cherishing time with friends and family. Like, for those of us that graduated, we said goodbye to a lot of friends, and we may never see them again. And there's people in your life or family where maybe you said goodbye. In our church, we've had several recent deaths. And I hope that those around them could say that they used the time to cherish the time they had with the Lord. Like I said earlier, we're not promised any time. We, some of us may not leave here for a week. We may go home and get in a car wreck and life's over. And that, as sad as that is to think about, like, that's reality. And if we're, what if we don't cherish the time? If we had a friend that all of a sudden moved somewhere or got in a car accident, like, would we be regretting the time we had with them and we didn't use the most out of it? Fifth, leisure time. When God created everything, he did it in six days and rested on the seventh. He didn't need the rest, but he showed us an example of rest. When he brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he provided manna for them every day, but they weren't allowed to collect extras, and they weren't allowed to because this shows that they trusted God would provide the next day, that he would provide their daily nourishment that they needed. And my point is, is with leisure time, is God's commanded us to rest, but do we rest too much? Do we use the time that we have, do we use it for ourselves? Do we use it not encouraging our small group members? Do we not use it to go 
share the gospel with others? Do we, what leisure time do we have where we can say, no, I can make more out of this time? Where I can go and do something with a small group member, a friend, family, whoever it is. Like, can I use the extra time I have for something else? How can I help the people around me grow? And lastly, the time we spend sharing the gospel. Like, how many times in Sunday small groups are we going to hear that second question? Did you have any gospel conversations? And is there going to be an awkward pause because no one did and no one knows what to say or what to do in that moment, so everyone just sits there awkwardly? And how many times is that going to happen before you're like, okay, I haven't, I've had enough. I'm going to go and be intentional and reach someone for the gospel. And I know, I know this here. I'm, I don't want to sound like I've got this all. This is all my personal conviction. Where I, I don't go out sharing the gospel enough. And I can tell myself, well, you're afraid of being rejected. You're fear of man kicking in and you're just afraid of what they're going to say to you. But that doesn't matter. If, the, if God's word is true, then it doesn't matter what happens or what rejection happens or what they say back to you because we're commanded to share the gospel. We're not commanded to make them believe. It's not our job for them to believe in the gospel. Our job is just to proclaim it, to be messengers, to make use of the time we have left on this earth to go and share the gift we've been given. Like Paul said at the end of verse 16, the days are evil. God's people today are We live in a world characterized by evil and hatred toward Christianity. You can go on YouTube and search Fox News, CNN News, best sites to date, and it's just hatred in our politics right now. It's anger in our country. It just, we're so divided over issues. And when we get divided, we just attack one another. We live in a world that just continues to get worse and worse, and Christians will face more and more persecution. The days are evil, and we need to make our time, we need to get the most out of our time. But I'm going to tell you tonight that there's nothing better that you can do than take the time tonight and trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to proclaim him Lord over your life. Isaiah talks about seeking the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near, because one day he won't be here. So tonight, make the most out of your time. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord over your life. So time demands our wisdom. Time is a gift. And third, time belongs to God. Let me say that again. Time belongs to God. Time doesn't belong to us, not me, not you, or anyone you come in contact with. I think as believers, we have a tendency to think that we can own something. That the hard work we put in, the paycheck we get, the shoes we own, the clothes we own, the food we cook for ourselves, like, we can have this tendency to think, we own this because I got it. And I think we can forget that It's by God's grace that we have anything that we have. And it's by God's grace that we have the time that we have. 
study of um, it looked at the average 70-year-old man. He had spent 24 years sleeping, 14 years of working, eight years in amusements, six years at the dinner table, five years in transportation, four years in conversation, three years in education, and two years in studying and reading. His other four years were spent in miscellaneous pursuits. And of those four years, he spent 45 minutes in church on Sunday, and five minutes were devoted to prayers each day. So this adds up to a total of five months. Five months of his 70-year life he gave to God. So let's say this man had been a faithful churchgoer who attended Sunday school and three one-hour services per week. He would have spent only one year and nine months with God. Now, you may have a question like, well, that's just the average 70-year-old man. Like, maybe my life's different. Well, I'd encourage you to do the math and to see how much time do you give to God. You've read all those statistics about 14 years working, eight years in amusement, six years at the dinner table. Like, maybe part of that time is devoted to God. But ask yourself, how much do I give to God? The time that he's given me, the time that he demands me to be wise about, the time he's given to me as a gift, how much of it do I give back to him? Now, I don't want this to come off as, like, you have all this time, and so I don't want it to sound like you're just being more religious than it is a personal relationship. So I want the point to be, that we can be guilty of not making the most of our time. And so we have, we're not making the most of our time and therefore the gift that we've been given of time is going to waste. We want to live on mission and live in a world that is lost and in rebellion against God. We want to live distinct from the world and not living in our former ways. And living as children of God, we must make use of the time. Make the most of the opportunity. Buy up the time we have. Encourage and strengthen your small group members. Go out into this world, running into all different kinds of people who have all different kinds of beliefs, and share the gospel with them. Do good works so that it gives you opportunity to share the gospel. Opportunities that are missed may never return. And reading that this week, that was humbling to hear that. God, who has a global purpose, that David read last week about the Great Commission, has a global purpose, reaching the world, making disciples, and I get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of that, but how many opportunities do I let go by? How many opportunities do you let go by? people you run into where you can encourage them, pray for them, or maybe a waitress that you can ask her, hey, what can I pray for you about? That may start a conversation to where you share the gospel with them. To go out into this world making disciples to then make disciples. He gives us time to go and fulfill this work and gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and how many of those do we not take? How many opportunities 
are we going to let go by? None of us are promised tomorrow. So how, how many are we going to take? God has placed you in the location you are in. We're all blessed to be in a country where the gospel is readily available. Emily prayed for us, two unreached people groups, where the average is 0.01% Christian in a people group that is around 10 million people. We're in a country where the gospel is available. We may have grown up in church. We may not have grown up in church, but there's a church nearby, or we had friends that may have shared us the gospel. And we're in a place where the gospel is available in a people group who are not. Yet, though the gospel is available here, there's still people who don't believe this message. And are we going to take the opportunity to go and tell them? I mean, we have, we have so much here. Social media. I don't know why I say social media first. Things that we can cook. Ovens, stoves, microwaves, barbers that can make our hair look nice. Like so many things that we have. And it's placed us in this country where we have the gospel available to us. In Ecclesiastes, we're reminded that God will judge every matter and every work. We will give an account of everything that we have done in our life. And that's including the time we have and how we use that time. And that brings us to verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul reminds his readers, don't be foolish. And I confess that's easier said than done. Like it's, someone can tell you don't be foolish, and then a week later, you do something foolish. And you're like, that's wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Like, Paul's telling them to not be foolish. And we can be foolish in many areas, many areas. But the command here is to understand what the will of the Lord is. And that can be complicated sometimes. And we may think that God's will is this maze. And if we don't get it right, if we don't find the right path, then we've lost it. Or it's a magic eight ball, and we just keep shaking it up until we get the one we want. Like, we think it's just something super complicated, yet God hasn't asked us to figure that out. All he's asked us to do is to trust him, to trust in the God Almighty who was and is and is to come, and to be faithful where you're at, and to be faithful in using the time that he's given you. So I'm going to ask the band to come on up and I know this sermon may have been a lot of questions and just a lot of broad strokes of just asking you about how you can use your time differently or what you can do um, different with your time. And I didn't give many answers to how you can do that, but I want this to be something that you think about. Because as we go in this series, Living on Mission, the key thing is going to be you have more time available to you. It's summer. You have more time available to you, and how are you going to use that time? You may have a week where you did make the most out of your time, and then another week where you didn't make the most. 
but the grace of God covers all that. If you're someone sitting in this room for the first time and you're thinking, well, I haven't even, you're talking about like trusting God, making Christ Lord over your life, believing in the gospel. Like if that's something you haven't done, I encourage you to do that tonight, to make Jesus Lord over your life. And if you have any questions, we have a lot of adult leaders in here who would love to talk to you about it. A lot of small group leaders in here who would love to talk to you about it. But for the believers in the room, reflect on what you can do in your life to make the most out of your time. To reflect and then put into action making the most of your time. Let's pray.